a very good day. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. And this week we continue the series of Your Identity in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previously moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Now, this is in the Amplified Classic Edition, the AMPC. But I wanted to back up today to a few verses before that, and we can actually see this more in context. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 14, For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us, because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, that one being Jesus, then all died. Let's repeat that again. For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us because we are of the opinion and in conviction that if one died for all, then all died. Verse 15, And he died for all so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. So we see here that the love itself, the love of Christ, that's God is love, and the love of God controls and it urges and impels us because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all so that all those who might live, that means all those who believe in Jesus receives him as Savior and Lord, and obeys his commandments, believes that God raised him from the dead, they are saved. We are saved. Well, all those that might live, those are the ones that might live. You are the one that is living today. You're alive in Christ if you received him as your Lord and your Savior and are truly believing in his name. And you believe that God raised him from the dead. You're confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You're confessing every day that Jesus is you're my Lord. Your heart is towards the Lord. Your heart wants to do good things. Your heart wants to see others saved. You are alive in Christ. So verse 15 says here, And he died for all, so that all those who might live, no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. So it's for our sake that Christ died and was raised again. And we were raised with him. We were buried with him. We were resurrected with him. We are alive in him. We cannot be alive without him. And we're not talking about the physical body being alive. We're talking about the spiritual. We're talking about our spirits inside of us. Verse 15. And he died for all so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. You will recognize that before you came to the Lord, we were already trying to survive based on our own strength. And how many of us know that never worked out? We could never truly find the answer until we found Jesus. And now, if we are truly born again, we continue to have to focus on the need to seek Jesus. Jesus wasn't to be sought once at the altar that day, once only 
when you wanted to receive him into your heart. We have to seek him continually, call upon him. He will answer. Seek him with all of your heart. Allow him into your heart. Continue to check yourself, the Bible says. Continue to check yourself that you are keeping all of your heart open for him and nothing else will be able to come in and live in your heart except for Jesus. So if something is trying to get in, then you need to consciously focus on not allowing it into your heart. You take every thought captive. What gets into your heart is what you think on and what you believe in. It might be something you see and then something you see with your eyes you really like. It's a fleshly desire. You focus on it enough to where it starts to affect your heart and sin starts to take its course and is conceived. Amen? And so we have to make sure that that seed of sin is never able to germinate, never able to grow, never able to survive. And the name of Jesus is what we focus on, Jesus himself, what he has done for us, and that we are no longer who we used to be. We're now who God created us to be in him. So there is no sin that is powerful enough that would prevent you from saying no to that sin. There is no sin. No matter how much you think you are forced to do a sin, you are not forced to do a sin. The devil cannot force you to do anything. What the devil can do is suggest to you things in your thoughts, and then you have the decision to make. Do I want to carry out that thought, or do I want to recognize that that's not a thought that Jesus would have given me, and that is not a thought that I should abide by? I need to take that thought captive in obedience to Jesus, in obedience to Christ Jesus. Amen? So, he died for all. He died for all so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. We are truly blessed today to have a Lord and a Savior who came and died for us. Uh, Without Jesus, we would all be going to a place of destruction called Sheol Hill in Hades when we breathe our last breath. So thank God, thank the Father that he sent his Son and thank Jesus that he carried out his Father's will and was obedient to his Father. Because what loving Son would not want to do what the Father uh, wants him to do? And like Father, like Son. Like Son, like Father. Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. No, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint and as a man, yet now we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh. Now, this is a letter from the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians, and he's saying, yet now we have such knowledge of him. So the Apostle Paul believed that the church at Corinth was already having knowledge of Jesus. So how does that compare with us today? Do we have a knowledge of Jesus? Do we know him? Or just do we know of him? It's one thing to know of someone. You hear about someone from someone else. But do you actually, you don't know that person until you get to know them yourself and uh, converse with them, discuss topics with them, 
find out the truth about them and allow them to allow them to explain themselves and you know we have to observe people's fruit we are supposed to judge based on people's fruit and in the bible it i know that it says we are not supposed to judge but we are supposed to judge in situations where we need to judge people's fruit so we do need to know jesus we don't just need to know of him we need to know him and given the person who he is why wouldn't we want to know him because he is so amazing he's done so much for us when we never deserved any of god's grace undeserved favor is god's grace and mercy so why would we not want to find out about this man who is now the christ jesus he is the son of god he was in the beginning with god john 1:1 he came to the earth as a man walking in right relationship with God with the holy spirit anointing and the power from God on high and then he ascended back to the father so that the comforter could come so verse 17 in second corinthians 5 therefore if any person is engrafted in Christ the messiah he is a new creation a new creature altogether the old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away behold the fresh and new has come now you will probably know this verse from other translations which is completely fine but if you want to do a, a deeper study on this verse which every verse deserves deeper study and analysis and contemplation and because there's no race to get through the bible there's no race the man or woman of god who race through the bible and don't take each verse word by word precept by precept dividing the word put it in in context and understanding it they will never know who they are in Christ they will never know they will know of the concept but they will not know the deeper things of the lord because their their minds are hitting the surface and not the depths of truth that are in this word of god which is powerful and we will go into that in just a moment so it says therefore if any person is engrafted in Christ and we know from the promise of Abraham that not just the uh, children of Israel the Jews but also the gentiles were engrafted as well that's us you and i if you're not jew you're a gentile and we're engrafted in Christ that's the promise that is the grace of god we didn't have to be engrafted with the promise but we were because god loves you today and he's always loved you and he knew you from before the foundation of the earth and he would never stop loving you because he is love himself and you are precious you are precious to him you are greatly precious to him and never forget that no matter what goes on in your life today know that he loves you if calamity comes your way no it wasn't god causing it in your life but know that if evil causes calamity in your life or circumstances are a calamity or any kind of evil in your life know that's from the devil that know that's from the fallen world that we live in the the people that are around us that don't know the lord yet they are fallen they are instruments of their father their father being the devil until they are born again they have not yet switched fathers they have not switched families before we are born again we are all children of the devil many people don't know that today which is a shame we should be walking up and down the streets talking to people about jesus but know that we are engrafted in Christ the messiah we are a new creation according to verse 17 a new creature altogether 
So it's very easy to quickly go through this verse and say, oh, we're a new creation, and then carry on reading the rest of the verse. But if you really slow down and say, a new creation, a new creature altogether, that means that we were truly recreated. We, Our spirits were regenerated. We are no longer spiritually any part of the person we were before. Now, we may have the same fingers, the same toes, the same body. We may have the same mind at that moment that we give our life to Jesus. We do have the same mind. But at that moment that we give our life to the Lord, God comes and recreates our spirit because that is you. You are the spirit inside that body that has a soul. You are the spirit inside the body. So you are a new creation. That means your your spirit is regenerated. It's brand new. It's recreated. And you are now a new creature altogether. God's talking about your your spirit. He's not talking about your body or your, or your soul. So at that point, you are now born again, saved, but now you have to get into the Word and you have to read the Bible and read what God says about you as a new creation. Read this verse 17 in chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians. Uh, read the book of Ephesians. Read the book of Galatians and Philippians and Colossians. These are all books that are letters from the Apostle Paul to those churches. And he was talking to them about their own new identity in Christ, especially in the book of Ephesians. So spend plenty of time, as much time as you can afford, as much time as there is in the day where you can step away from whatever you had to do and spend time with God and read about who you are now. Because what you were doing before you sat down with the Bible, that you can be understood more and you can understand who you are now and then return to those duties and carry out your chores with the new knowledge of who you now are. If only we would spend more time with the Lord. If only we would spend more time in the Bible. And I have to keep an eye on this myself. Just because I'm a a, a believer and a pastor doesn't mean that I do not receive temptations not to spend time in the Word. It's a conscious decision that you have to make. It's your free will, and God does not force us to read His Word. He does not force us to do a single thing. But out of our obedience, we really should be spending time with Him. And it shouldn't be a thing that has to be forced from within ourselves. It actually should end up being a desire in our hearts. Because if it's forced, then it's none of the heart. It's of the mind. And we want to come to the Lord by wanting to be with him, not out of a requirement. Because God is not a God of requirements based specific to any laws on us having to spend certain time with him during the day. No, he wants us to come to him in our hearts, desiring to spend time with him. So therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. So you have a brand new spirit, Your body's the same, your soul's the same, your mind, will, and emotions, but your spirit's brand new, and that's what matters in the very beginning. Because when you breathe your last, your your spirit will stay alive, but your body will go back to the ashes. It will go back to the dust, amen? The dirt of the earth. So, behold, the fresh and new has come. Because previously it says... We had a previous moral and spiritual condition. That spiritual condition was a fallen spirit. We were fallen, a fallen man. 
And that was because of the sin that Adam and Eve committed in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, when they both ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the very tree that God told them not to touch or not to eat from. For in that day, he said, you will surely die. So the spiritual condition was dead from then on. And that's why we have to be born again for God to save us from hell, from God to save us from our dead spiritual condition, for God to save us from death and destruction. Now, how many know today that there are people who haven't yet made that decision and they believe that because they do good and give $3 to people in the street or three, whatever your currency is, that that is a good deed so they will go to heaven. It is not based on works. It is based on the love of Christ that you get to heaven. It is based on you giving your life to him and allowing God to recreate your spirit, allowing God into your heart, allowing Jesus, allowing the works, the finished works of the cross to save you. So that was verse 17, where God is saying that previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. He has caused those things to pass away when you gave your life to Jesus, when you received the Lord, when you received Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. So at, at that moment, the fresh and new came to you. Verse 17. So verse 18, But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. So somebody told us and somebody told you about Jesus. So we need to not keep that good news to ourselves. That's why Jesus told us, told his disciples, which means he told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news to all creation. Don't keep the good news to yourself. But the important thing is to renew your mind. You have to spend time in the Word because your spirit is new, but your body's the same and your soul's the same. So you must renew your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to be transformed. And you might say, well, I was transformed when I gave my life to Jesus, wasn't I? When God gave me a brand new spirit, I was transformed. Well, you were given a new spirit, but your mind wasn't transformed. You still think the same way. Nothing changed in your mind the day you gave your life to Jesus. That's why you have to be transformed. But now that your spirit is brand new, your mind begins to understand the things of the word. Whereas before you were born again, the mind could not have understood those things. So that's why you had to be born again first before you could understand the things of the spirit, of the Holy Spirit, of the word of God. It comes a lot easier and makes sense once you become born again, when you read the Word of God, because you have the Spirit living in you, teaching you all truth by the Holy Spirit. So your mind now has understanding. Bit by bit, verse by verse, you get an understanding. If you are taught correctly, if you understand correctly, and don't rush through the Bible. So it says here, but all things are from God. Verse 18, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself. Now, one of the things I find fascinating about this is if you take this very slowly, 
It says, but all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself. Now, you understand that the Father had to reconcile us to himself a specific way. And it was only through the cross, only through Jesus, only through Christ Jesus, only through his Son could he grab us. The Bible says that when we are born again, God translates us. He transfers us. He takes us from out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son, Jesus. So he had to reach through Christ. He had to reach. The father had to reach through the cross and those works at the cross through Christ to get us. And the sovereignty of God, the perfect justice of God, the perfect love of God, he had to abide by justice, righteousness, holiness, and it had to be legally right for him to be able to do that. So first of all, we had to agree and believe and want Jesus in our lives, wanted to give our life to Jesus, because God doesn't force us to be born again when we haven't made that decision. God does not violate a free will. We had to make the decision and Even then, God could not just take us. He had to take us a certain way out of under the clutches of the powers of darkness ruled by the devil himself. And he went through his son, Jesus, and he rescued us. He didn't force us away from under the powers of darkness. We gave him permission. We asked for help. We asked to be rescued. That was our act. When we gave our life to Jesus, we gave God permission to be taken by the Father through Jesus out of the powers of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved Son. God immediately, without delay, without any so much of a delay, he immediately, as soon as we said, yes, Lord, as soon as we said, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. I believe in you. Please help me. I'm a sinner. Please wash away my sins. Please forgive me. Please remember my sins no more. Immediately God took us from out of that powers of darkness through his son. So it was through Jesus Christ that the father reconciled us to himself, according to verse 18. Isn't that amazing? He received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself. We were not in harmony with God before we were born again. And it says, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. That ministry of reconciliation, that took place. God reconciled us unto himself by the Spirit. So he reconciled our old spirit and changed it and recreated our spirit, regenerated it so that our spirit would be reconciled back to him. The old has passed away. Your old spirit is no more. It was, it was regenerated. It was recreated. Now, God deserves us. He, he deserves for us to spend time in his word, to understand the truth, to understand who God is, so that we may know who he is. And if we know who he is and believe in him, then we will believe whatever he speaks in his word. Because his word will tell us about who we are, our identity in Christ that God has created, that God has designed our identity in the full image of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, 
For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, which is the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Remember, the word of God, it's alive and full of power. It's active, operative, energizing and effective. When you read the word of God, when you spend time and slow down and analyze it and contemplate it and think on it, it is actively doing a good thing inside of you. No matter what you're going through, read the word of God, spend time with him, listen to his voice, get a pen and paper, write down what you hear in your heart. And most likely, you're not hearing your own thoughts. You're actually hearing what God wants to tell you. In the meantime, if you have a prayer request, send us an email at touchofgodradio at gmail.com. Touchofgodradio at gmail.com. And you can also find us at Facebook and YouTube at Touch of God Radio. In the meantime, until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.